Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So like I said, this is the feast day of the early martyrs of the Roman church. So beginning around the year 64 AD, in the year 64 AD, a massive fire swept through the ancient city of Rome and the emperor at the time was Nero. He was kind of psychotic. He was kind of crazy, as they say. And uh, historians are divided whether or not, the, like whoever started the fire, some even say that Nero himself started the fire. He wanted to have a reason just to rebuild a section of the city. Anyway, what Nero did is he seized the moment, he blamed and he scapegoated the, the Christians, this new movement for the fire. And Peter, the leader of the Christian community at the time, Peter, who we celebrated yesterday, Peter was arrested and he was crucified, as tradition goes, upside down, because he said he was unworthy to be crucified in the same manner of his Lord. He was crucified upside down in Nero's circus, which was not a fun place to be. Let me just put it that way. Right? It was a horse track, a massive horse track. And the center of it was used for, it was an arena for public executions. In the center of Nero's circus, if you've ever been to Rome, if you go to St. Peter's Square, the massive obelisk that's in the center of St. Peter's Square was about 400 yards, 400 yards to the west um, in the center of Nero's circus. So one of the last things that Peter probably would have seen would have been that obelisk, which is a pretty astounding thing if you think, every, if you go back to Rome, if you see that, like, that's what Peter saw as he was dying. Okay, so subsequently, as a result of this, hundreds, perhaps thousands of Christians, they were arrested, they were rounded up, and they were tortured for their faith. Tacitus, who is one of the Roman historians, he tells us that some Christian martyrs, they were sewn into animal skins and fed to lions. Others were dipped in wax. They were mounted on poles, covered in oil, and lit on fire to serve as luminaries in the night. We've got July 4th coming up, and a lot of people are going to be blowing off Roman candles. Well, the original Roman candle was a Christian set on fire to give light at night. So Nero, he had a lot of those surrounding his gardens for his evening dinner parties. Again, just giving you an idea of the kind of guy we're talking about. So we don't know the names of all these early martyrs. We don't know how many there were. We don't know how bravely they faced their deaths. We don't know if they kind of resisted intensely. We don't, we don't know. We don't know how many men, women, and children were united to Christ in their suffering. But we know that there were many of them. And we know that their blood watered and it irrigated the the fertile soil of the church, right? It was Tertullian who said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of Christians. And if it weren't for their courage, we wouldn't likely be here today. Right? I mean, think about that. If it weren't for those people, those untold men, women, and children, those early Roman martyrs, we likely wouldn't be here today. I always think about that when I put on a red vestment for a martyr's feast day. Like this, yeah, this was dyed in a factory somewhere. But the reality is, like, we wear red because some martyr somewhere along the line spilled their blood that they were unwilling to capitulate. They held the line. Certainly, I was praying about this. Certainly, there's a grace that comes with martyrdom. There has to be. 
like a supernatural calm, a supernatural willingness or acceptance, a courage to face it. I mean, I, I just couldn't imagine that. There has to be some type of supernatural grace, but as I've been kind of preaching the last two days with the different feast days, Irenaeus and then um, Peter and Paul yesterday, grace builds on nature, right? That's a fundamental Catholic principle. Grace builds on nature. I think that that supernatural grace of martyrdom, it needs something to be grafted onto. It needs something to be, to, to, to transform. It needs some natural substrate, some natural courage to transform and elevate. Let me put it this way, a different way. You get ready for the big death, the big suffering by all the many little deaths and little sufferings that you willingly undergo throughout the course of your life. You get ready for the big courageous moment by all of the little courageous moments you step into. Look, I hope that no one that I know, none of us here, I hope that no one I know, no one I love suffers the martyrdoms of the early church martyrs, but I also hope that none of us are crumbling when we have little moments to witness to the truth and beauty and goodness of the gospel. I hope that we're not hiding our faith in the moment where we're called upon to witness to our faith. I pray that we're not cooperating with evil willingly. I pray that we're not compromising or just going along to get along. That, again, I hope we're not playing quiet calling our cowardice prudence. Like, I hope we're stepping into the little deaths and the little sufferings and the little moments of courage. We need to step into these little martyrdoms. We have to practice death. That's what all that is. It's practicing death. That's why the church gives us Lent. I know this sounds weird. Lent every year to pray fast and gives all. It, it's an opportunity to let go of things, to practice death. We have to practice death, we have to practice martyrdom to let people think terrible things about us, I mean, to let people draw terrible conclusions about us that are unfounded and unwarranted because we're so attached to that and we, we mustn't be because none of that matters. None of that matters, none of that external stuff can separate us from Christ. As St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. The only thing that can separate me from the love of Christ, get this, is me. Only me. I'm the only one who can wrest myself from his hand by my choices and my sins and my cowardice. Right, listen to what Jesus says at the end of this gospel. He says, but the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. Friends, it's just an invitation this morning to... Like, this is what we must pray for, the grace to persevere, the grace to endure, the grace to say yes to all the little deaths, all the little sufferings, and all the little moments of courage that come our way. Amen.